0: was to the core there was nothing to live for until love came my name is Harold J Perkins and at the age of 17 i was selling drugs and on my way to an early grave while sitting in my house with about 10 guys god gave me an out of body experience and i was lifted above the room i could see everything moving in slow motion after that i got up and put those guys out and i cried out to jesus christ He came into my life with liberty and purpose, then I ran into religion, and it has taken me over 40 years to navigate through religion to fully understand what came into me that day. This podcast is to help put you on a faster track than it took me to get through religion and experience life, liberty, and purpose on a higher level. So get ready, we're about to start a revolution. Again, welcome. In this episode, my goal is to give you an understanding of the power that is available to us to live this life. After Jesus had risen from the dead, he told his disciples to wait until they received power before they moved forward with what he had for them to do. In other words, he was telling them that they did not have to live in just their own strength. A power sent from God would equip them for victorious living. This power would not just be to heal the sick and to cast out devils. This power would enable him to be successful in life. In the Old Testament, the power of God would come upon Samson, and he received a supernatural strength, and no man could defeat him. It came upon Daniel and gave him knowledge and wisdom that enabled him to be an advisor to the king when he was just a teenager. It came upon Solomon and made him one of the wisest men in the world, And also he became the wealthiest man in the world. But in their day, the power did not live in them. It would come upon them. But in this, our day, the power lives in us. The the problem is, is that most don't know what they have. And those that do, they don't know how to release it. When I received a deeper revelation of what I'm about to talk about, the devil manifested itself in the natural realm. That's how much it upset him and it was an attempt to frighten me, but I know who is Lord. Jesus is Lord, and as we fully understand that, we should have no fear of the defeated powers of darkness. Jesus made something available to us that Satan has no answer for. All he can do is try to stop you from knowing about it and operating in it. Okay, let's go. I must start over in John chapter 1, verse 14 through 16. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture so you know I'm not giving my opinion. The word of God backs up what I'm saying. I'm starting in John chapter 1, verses 14 through 16. It says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bear witness of him and cried saying, this was he of whom I spoke. He that cometh after me is before me and he was before me and of his fullness have all we received and grace for grace. Now notice it says here that Jesus was full of grace and truth and of his fullness have we all received. Now let's put a pin in it for a moment. Let's say that you and I receive the fullness of NBA star Steph Curry. What would be expected of us if we had everything that was in him? Would it not be expected of us to perform at that level, at the same level he did? Well, it says that we receive the fullness of Jesus Christ. So what should we be expecting? Let's continue. Now, here we know that Jesus moved in power. And it was grace and truth that was in him. He was full of it. Was this grace and truth responsible for the power he moved in? Let's go on to another scripture. Let's go to Hebrews chapter two, verse number nine. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than God for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. So here we see that It was by the grace of God that Jesus tasted death for every man. So again, there must be something in power about this grace to empower him to taste death for every man. Now, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. This is the Apostle Paul talking here. And he said, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure for this thing. I sought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my weaknesses. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in weakness, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Here Paul is saying, He said to the Lord, Lord, I'm having an issue with Satan. Help me. And the Lord said, My grace is sufficient. My grace is enough. Paul's response was, Then I'll take pleasure in weakness. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Strong from what, Paul? Well, the only thing the Lord mentioned was grace. So grace must have given him strength when he was weak. Now, what is this grace that I'm so weak about something? I pray to God three times. He tells me his grace is sufficient, and I go from weak to strong. Now, think about this. If I was in the middle of a fist fight with someone, and they saw me in the middle of the fight go from weak to strong, they noticed it, they'd probably run. It would frighten my opponent. Therefore, we know why Satan doesn't want us to know about this. Let's continue. Romans chapter 6, verse number 4. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Here it says that Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory, of the glory of the Father. What kind of glory is powerful enough to raise Jesus from the dead? Let's see. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 through 6. According as he has chosen us in him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, Having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace. Listen to that again. Verse six says to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. So the glory that raised Jesus from the dead was the glory of God's grace. Now, let's consider what we've read. It was God's glory that raised Jesus from the dead. Here it says the glory of his grace. So we see grace again in connection with power. Jesus tasted death by the grace of God. Paul received strength and power by God's grace. So grace must be more than what most believers believe it is. Most see it as unmerited favor and forgiveness of sin. But Jesus did not need forgiveness of sin So why was he filled with grace if it's just the forgiveness of sin? Let's continue on. Let's go to Romans chapter 8, verse number 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, stop. It said earlier that it was the glory of God that raised Jesus from the dead and it was the glory of his grace. Now here it says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, There it is, right there. It was Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. This is who he was filled with the Spirit of grace and the Spirit of truth. That's Holy Spirit. The Spirit of grace has birthed into the kingdom of God every believer. And if you have been filled with Holy Spirit, you have the same power to live your life that raised Jesus from the dead. He, Holy Spirit, is the Spirit of grace and we are under his ministry. Listen to Romans chapter six, verse 14. For sin shall have no dominion over you. Why? For you are not under the law, but under grace. You see, under the law, there was no power given to enable us to live. It was just some standards that we couldn't keep. But under grace, and we could say it this way, under the the spirit of grace, under Holy Spirit's ministry, we have power to live this life. Hear what I'm saying. Let's look at uh, Romans 8, 11 to 14. I'm going to go through 14 this time. 11 through 14. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also make alive your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to live. After the flesh for to live after for to for if we live after the flesh, we shall die. But if we through the spirit, Holy Spirit, do put to death the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So we can see here that we have Holy Spirit to lead us, to empower us to do what we could not do without him. Now, let's go back to Romans chapter uh, 6, verse 4, and look at it in a different perspective here. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Now, we know now that this was by the Spirit of grace, by Holy Spirit, that he was raised from the dead. It says, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. See, there is the challenge we have Holy Spirit and his power on the inside of us to enable us and to equip us to live this life. We do not have to do it in our own strength. And so many believers are trying to do it in their own strength, and they're missing out on what's available to them through Holy Spirit. Listen to verse 5. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, Jesus' death, we shall also be in the likeness of Jesus' resurrection. Now, what is Jesus like now in his resurrection? Well, with the power of the spirit of grace, Holy Spirit, we are to be as Jesus is now. Now, what does all this mean? What this means is whatever you will to do that is in line with life and God's will and purpose for your life, Holy Spirit will empower you to do it you don't have to do it in your own strength. I don't know about you, but when I got this understanding, it took a lot of pressure off of me. How can I fail when God is empowering me to do what I will to do? No matter how impossible it may seem, no matter how difficult it might look to me, how can I fail when he's empowered me? I just have to continue to will to, that no matter how many times I fall down, I get up knowing at some point, the power of the spirit of grace will kick in. Now, you may say, Well, what if what I want is not what God wants for me? Well, first of all, you have to get to know the heart of Father God. He wants you to enjoy life. He is not against you being successful. And if you will seek him, he will show you desires within you that you don't that that, that you haven't even tapped into yet, because he put those desires in you. And as you seek him, he will bring them to the surface. Now, many of you have to allow God's goodness to change the way that you are seeing him. And it's religion that has done this to you. I heard a minister recently say uh, that a decade ago, he got this truth that I've been teaching about righteousness. And the pastor at his church and the members thought he had lost his mind to say that he was a righteousness of God. The pastor taught that all of our righteousness as filthy is as filthy rags. They said that he was a devil. He said that they would have been more tolerant of him if he had committed adultery. than it was him saying that he was a righteousness of God. All this man was saying and all I'm saying is that God has done a great work on our behalf when he let his son die in our place and believe it or not. He is now allowing you and I to live in his son's place, to see us with eyes of love, just like he sees his son, Jesus Christ. Look at what Jesus prayed before he left earth. I'm in John chapter 17, verse 25 and 26. O righteous father, the world has not known you, but I have known you and these have known that you have sent me. And I have declared unto them your name and will declare it that the love wherewith you have loved me may be in them and I am them. This is the heart of the father. He is a righteous father that has made us righteous like him and he gave to us everything he gave to Jesus, but he has to prepare us for our inheritance just like he did Jesus. Now, the next episode, I'm going to talk about how to release this power and why God has to prepare you for it. Look at the people in the world today that have abused the power that they were given. Pride got the best of them. Even men and women of God have fallen by pride. Power given to them when they were not ready for it. God has made available to us the ministry of Holy Spirit. He is the spirit of grace that is in us. And when we tap into this power and let him lead us, we cannot fail. The challenge is learning how to hear his voice, how to release his power, and how to humble ourselves to the point that we're willing to follow all that he's leading us to do, no matter how foolish. I remember about 20 years ago, Holy Spirit led me to do something that seemed totally foolish at the time. I had answered ad uh, uh, for a job. And uh, it was a hundred percent commission what the job was. And the ad read uh, earned $20,000 a month. And I agreed to start working there. After I made commitment and started my first day, several of the salesmen came up to me and said, man, you don't want to work here. Nobody here is making that kind of money. And we're having a hard time just getting our check for the little money that we make. <laughs> so now let's understand what was going on with me at that time. At that time, I was forty thousand dollars behind on our mortgage because I stayed too long in the venture capital business when it had dried up, and I didn't listen. I tried to stay anyway, nevertheless. So when I heard this, "Did <laughs> you can't get paid," I'm like, "I'm getting out of here." Then I heard within me something foolish. I heard Holy Spirit say to me. Go in your office, close the door, and go to work. I'm like, Lord, did you hear what they said? He said again, go in your office, close the door, and go to work. And I did it. Long story short, that job paid me six figures the first year. The owner advanced me $20,000 before the business I wrote closed, and within a short period of time, was caught up with the whole forty thousand on the mortgage. Um, the second year of that business, I earned more money than the owner of the business, according to his wife. What his wife said, and it was the easiest job I ever had up until that time. I made my own hours. I, I probably worked less than six hours. Well, I did work less than six hours most days. And for four years, I made a six figure income. And the owner of that business when I left, was making more money than he ever made in his life because he he duplicated what I was doing 10 times. And I heard later that he sold his business for a huge profit later. Now, some people think that this God thing is just about religion. No, there's a living God who wants to show himself alive in your life today in every single area of your life. Let me say right here, if you don't know our living Savior, Jesus Christ, you get to know him right now. Say this prayer with me. Say, God, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus, to die for my sins. Jesus, I accept you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Help me to live this life. That's it. It's that simple. If you mean what you just prayed, start reading the Bible for yourself. You can start in the book of St. John and in the book of Romans, and God will begin to show you his purpose for your life, and he'll begin to show himself to you. All right, we'll see you on the next episode.